，鬼岛之音 ，Ghost Island Media。Hey everyone, Emily Y Wu here. Ghost Island Media is a media partner of a new global summit on leadership, business, diversity, and sustainability. It's called the Reshape Virtual Summit, happening on September 15th and 16th. With keynotes by President Obama, and on that same day, Nate Maynard, aka Nature Nate, host of our Waste Not Why Not podcast, will host a panel on sustainability and plastics. It's free to register, and it's completely online. We'll include the sign-up links in the show notes. See you then. Hi, friends. I'm in America. You could probably notice that because the production has slowed down a little bit. So, back in America, things are a lot more the same than I expected. I thought things would be different. The Biden administration had announced new climate policies with an incredible amount of ambition, although they could always be better. And then, on a daily basis, we saw American companies investing in new renewable energies, clean tech, and you know, even geothermal. Geothermal, hot groundwater, that was getting attention. But、um, in the reality of America, in the mainstream America, in the big lots and in suburbia, in gigantic grocery stores and six-foot sidewalks next to six lanes of traffic, everything is still the same. I somehow thought that you know all this trauma of COVID and everything would lead to disruptive change, but that's not what that's not what happened. But I don't want to go down that navel-gazing path. I want to talk about something that is really cool that I've been seeing in the U.S. and is perhaps a glimpse into the future. My parents got solar. Do 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 do. Imagine a quiet, foggy Southern California suburb on a peninsula. Most houses look pretty similar. I mean. It was a post-war building rush in a navy town with amazing weather. Fast forward 60 years, and you just have a bunch of single-family homes. And my nearest 7-Eleven is 20 minutes away. Another thing we have in California is a leading role in residential solar. It's mandated for all new constructions. That's made solar a bit cheaper. There's a lot of solar companies. It's a hot summer, and so there's a lot of residential solar coming into place. And naturally, my parents wanted to get solar. And you've heard my dad talk in one of our earlier episodes. My parents are pretty mainstream Americans. You know, they have a car, air conditioning, hot tub, exercise bike, treadmill, all that stuff. During COVID, they were spending a lot of time at home, and they were also very aware of their electricity usage. And they found that in certain parts of the day, they were charged more. So besides having a son who is bothering them all the time about getting solar, there was also financial reason to get solar. They didn't want to pay the electricity bill anymore. They, of course, wanted to do the right thing by using solar energy, but you know it's confusing. They have a hard time pasting Word documents, so they're going to have a really difficult time researching everything there is to know about solar. Unless you know someone who's had it, it's pretty scary. It's like all my electricity comes from some flat-screen TVs on the top of my house. That doesn't sound right. So people don't know what to expect. So they don't get it installed, and then it just never happens. But if you have a bunch of friends and family who've done it, they tell you it's not so bad, and then you want to do it yourself. So they wanted to save money, but how do you do that? 
Well, first off, you want to find a company that develops solar projects. Just go ahead and Google Solar Company San Diego, and you'll just see hundreds and hundreds of entries of different companies with different reviews. So you pick a random company, and you want to get a quote from them. And you do that by giving them your exact home address. And then that company will use a platform relying on an open source Sun Radiance data set to come up with a proposal of the optimal configuration of your solar panels and a price that you're going to pay for the next 20 years. So it is incredibly confusing. <laughs> It's confusing and it's stressful and it's personal because you have to tell strangers how much electricity you use. So in the end, despite my dad asking me to do some due diligence on companies, the decision was made for us and we decided to go with the largest solar developer because my parents knew people who had had projects done by them and you actually get like a referral bonus for referring people. So... The next part, as a nerd, is really interesting. The solar rep came down to our house and for, it felt like, two hours, went over the different designs, pricing, and financing options, whether we wanted to buy solar directly or if we wanted to lease it. And importantly, he also went over different solar configurations. If you don't know, for rooftop solar, you put mounts, which are basically like metal rails, on your roof drill them into your roof so they're secured, and then you put the solar panels on top of them. Kind of like you're putting a flat screen TV on your wall and you have to mount it first. Kind of like that, but on your roof. So there's different layouts to choose from, and it was very important to my parents that the solar panels not be in the front so you couldn't see them from the street. So we had several different designs, and then we had to determine the amount of panels we wanted because we want to have the right amount of panels to match our electricity usage. So you want to make sure you have the right number of panels installed, but we'll get more into detail on that later. So after the rep explained to my parents about solar and they decided to go with that solar company, they had to send over a team to survey our roof and to survey our house so they could figure out how to set up the solar panels. Then there was construction day. The crew arrived at 9 a.m. and they left by about 2.30. They came in laid some wires, laid the mounts on the roof, put the solar panels on, and that was it. I mean, a roofing project would take more time. And then once you have the panels on your roof, then you need to have a new electrical line that connects them to your power box, and you need to include some smart monitoring so that the solar company can know how much solar electricity you're generating, and so the utility can know that as well. Now, I mentioned earlier that we wanted to have the right amount of solar panels, and that's because this box they add on the side of the house measures how much solar we can sell on the grid. Now, a lot of people think that they can make money from solar, but because so many people are generating solar power at the same time of day, it's not worth very much. It's like supply and demand. If there's a lot of solar power all at once, it's not worth as much, so they can't pay for themselves as easily. With solar, what is offered are essentially two packages. You can buy the solar panels and the system outright from the solar panel company, which would still be cheaper than doing it yourself, or you can lease the panels and you can make payments on them for about 20 years. In both cases, due to special financial magic, you are more or less locking in your electricity price for 20 years, which is about the lifetime of a solar panel project. The way this works is that the large company has bundles of projects so they can apply for tax credits, they can sell carbon credits, and they can just use their scale of operations to drive down costs. It's a lot cheaper to buy insurance for a bunch of different roofers and you can get all the trucks at once, you can buy all the solar panels at once. That's going to be a lot cheaper than if you as a single person wants to install solar by yourself on your home. 
So this is the thing that makes solar actually really interesting to people. It isn't about saving the world. It's about having a flat electricity bill for the foreseeable future. Yeah, solar is nice to help people. I like to stop pollution, but what's in it for me? And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way, but seriously, how can we make a sustainable future a legitimately better one as well? Since you have a flat electricity rate, you don't have to worry about using too much electricity in the afternoon. You don't have to worry if you want to run the AC a little bit more. And in fact, the solar rep said that he found that people used more electricity once they installed solar because their mindset around using electricity had changed because instead of being billed for the amount of electricity they used, it was just a flat fee. This mindset change unlocks a lot of other changes as well. If you're just paying a flat fee for electricity, why not get an electric vehicle? Because now your car's gasoline is actually just solar power and electricity. And why don't you get rid of your gas stove? Because you're still paying for gas, so you could switch over to electricity, pop on another solar panel, now you're fine. Why would you have a gas water heater where you can have an electric water heater and power it yourself? You now want to have battery storage because you're generating your own power. It's not worth it to sell it on the grid, so you can keep that power for yourself and use it in your home. The thing that I noticed in this process is that I'm often in the other side of the seat. I'm convincing companies to use renewable energy. I bring PowerPoints, I have cost comparisons. I'm trying to get them to install solar on an entire facility or multiple facilities. And I couldn't help but think that this solar rep from this company had probably spent the same amount of time that I would on a client. The company itself, how many people were involved in that proposal, the roofers, the solar panel manufacturers. This was a tremendous amount of work just to put around nine solar panels on a home. A similar amount of work, if not the same amount of work, goes into getting a facility or a factory to install solar panels on their much larger roofs. And this just makes me think that we're still missing opportunities for reducing emissions quickly because we could just take all that effort and we could put that on a warehouse. We could put that on a textile factory. We could put that in a big field somewhere because it's going to be easier to negotiate at that industrial scale. And if we really only have 10 years to save the world, then we should be doing everything we can as quickly as possible. What stood out to me most about this whole solar process is actually that it was industrialized and that, frankly, it was kind of boring. Yeah, said the solar rep, one day solar will be just like a laundry machine. It'll just be like another appliance in your house. Everybody will have them. Solar used to be a radical statement of abandoning our industrial past, of embracing the future, of being off the grid, of being independent, of using the power of the sun. Now it's more like a mileage credit card for an airline. This isn't bad or good. It's just the future direction of travel. The environment will need to become more and more boring and more and more pedestrian if it's to become mainstream and widespread. We're way past the stage of gatekeeping in climate. We just don't have time for that. If you can figure out Netflix, you can probably manage a subscription to a solar company and to change your entire electricity bill. This is something that was unthinkable 20 years ago. I imagine 20 years from now, there'll be advances in solar and other renewables that are unthinkable to us now. 
people will laugh when you talk about burning black stuff in the ground for heat. There's a lot of depressing things in the news, but if you're overwhelmed and you feel frustrated with everything that's going on, just do what you can and help others to do even more. My parents did what they could, and they supported me to become some weird environmental dude. So that's that. <laughs> I'm Nature Nate, and this has been the Waste Not, Why Not podcast. If you like this show, consider supporting us on Patreon. Do you have a question for us? Tweet them at us. We're at Waste Not Pod on Twitter, and our DMs are open. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Give us a good rating to let us know you really care. This has been a Ghost Island Media production. This episode was produced by Yu Chen Lai, myself, Nature Nate. Our executive producer is Emily Y. Wu, edited by Yu Chen Lai. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Just plug your car into the socket. They they don't make vroom sounds anymore, but it, it brrr, that's the electric vehicle sound. The gogoro says <laughs> go 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 goes. Brrr. Oh my god, that's what it is, isn't it? Jesus. <laughs>